0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Cloud English podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about humor. That's right. It's not going to be a funny podcast. I'm not going to be humorous, I promise you. I won't say a single funny thing, but we're going to be talking about humor. So right at the top of the show, just a few things I'm going to go through the objectives for today, what we're going to talk about exactly, and then give a few other notices and updates just as a heads up. So it's Friday, November 4th, 2097, and I hope you have a fantastic weekend planned ahead. But if you're watching this on replay, just so you know, you can watch or listen. So feel free to. In the links of, in the description, check out the podcast page where you can find links to listen on Spotify. You can listen on uh, Apple Podcasts, you can listen on Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you can do that. Some people like to do other things as they as they listen, and so I, I think that's fantastic. Okay, so Wherever you happen to be watching or listening, I would appreciate if you could show your support where buttons allow that to happen, whether it's a like button or a subscribe button or a five-star rating or whatever it is, that would really be appreciated. Show your support for the channel if you appreciate or enjoy the podcast. Uh, Today, we're going to be talking about humor or things that are funny, but I'm not going to be doing it to share just what I think is funny. I'm gonna be doing more of an overview today of different styles and forms of humor. And we're going to be doing an overview with some with some videos. I'm gonna be playing little clips and sections and talking about this particular style and form. It won't be comprehensive 100% because that would require probably an entire course, but I will do my best to give you a a good idea of American forms of humor. Then we're going to look at a few puns. Now, you may be rolling your eyes, but that's what you're supposed to do with puns. When we talk about puns, I wanna also bring in advertising. So in a lot of advertising, you will see puns, And it's not that they're funny, but it's meant to sort of catch your eye and get you to sort of uh, maybe click on something. So we're going to look at a few examples of that in in website marketing copy. And I want to talk about the connection between that and puns. And of course, I will explain what the heck a pun is. Of course, of course. And for those watching live, if you have questions, or concerns, or you want me to explain something, please just let me know whether it's grammar, culture, idioms, pronunciation, word differences, phrases, whatever. Ask away, I'll do my best to answer. Once we get through puns, I will talk through, uh, or I will rather get to the questions and do my best to answer. Is there anything else here at the top of the show? Um, Yeah, I think there is, so. Uh, what, 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 where am I? Oh yeah. If you want to join our newly formed English learning community, it's more of an English immersion community just to have conversations and share stuff and chat right now. For now, it's more of a casual space. You can join that for free on discord that should be in the links in the description. So free, uh, English learning, Reddit, not Reddit. What am I saying? Discord, I'd like to do a Reddit as well, Um, just so you know, it's kind of taking shape over time, so it doesn't have a very concrete (coughs) form or specific interaction, (coughs) excuse me, or specific interactions, Um, but uh, you can just chat there for now. Eventually, I want to bring in other teachers, I want to do a buddy program, I have a lot of ideas that I'd like to that I'd like to try okay so that's pretty much it I think we can get into our humor styles humor is a tricky subject it really is Um, what people consider to be funny varies dramatically by personality it varies dramatically by culture for example In the UK, humor tends to be a bit more sarcastic and maybe a bit more absurd, and we'll talk about absurdist comedy. I mean, there's a huge range there as well, but it tends to be a bit more sarcastic than American humor, which is maybe a little less sarcastic and emphasizes more the punchline, the joke, right, that you're supposed to realize and then laugh at. We're going to look at both of these, but we're not just talking about specifically UK and American humor. I want to give you a broader picture, okay? We're going to actually watch some clips because I want to give you a slice, a window into humor that you can hopefully use as a starting point to start exploring more, okay? So, we're going to we're going to start with stand-up. Now, stand-up is just a form of Comedy. Okay, so comedy is stuff that's supposed to be funny, and there are so many different styles of stand-up. There are dry comedians, and they just talk like this, and they don't express anything, and they say very funny things, but without a lot of expression, right? There are comedians who do uh, prop comedy, where they bring up a bunch of things, physical objects that are supposed to be funny, There are impression comedians doing stand-up. It's called stand-up because they're standing up with a microphone and they'll do impressions of other people, right? They'll sound like or look like other people. There's also comedians who do just one-liners. One-liners are just little jokes, little jokes, one after another. It's so many different styles of stand-up. So I wanna give you just a sense for that before we get into what we could call improv, okay? Probably the most well-known or one of the most well-known one-liner stand-up comedians is Mitch Hedberg. He's passed away, he's no longer alive, but his, his comedy is fairly iconic for being very uh, not driven by his personality so much, but just one joke after another after another right? There's a a statement and then what's called a punchline, and the punchline is the thing you're supposed to laugh at when you realize what he's saying. A lot of the humor is in the double meanings, and we'll get into that more as well, but double meanings means something that could have one meaning or another, and one of those is funny. Generally, that's what he talks about, so let's just, let's just, we're not not going to look at the whole thing, but just get a sense for Mitch Hedberg's style of (laughs) stand-up.
1: I like rice. Rice is great when you're hungry and you want 2,000 of something. (laughs) All right. All right. All right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My mom loves those applause breaks. (coughs) Refried beans. I like refried beans. That's why I want to
0: try fried beans because maybe they're just as good and we're we're wasting time. Uh, that's, that's That's it. That's what he does for... 45 minutes at a time for all of these specials. Okay, so that joke in particular, I like refried beans. It's a style of beans that you'd have usually in Mexican food. And so he's making a joke that why is it called re-fried? Because re is when you do something again, which means they must have been fried, just fried the first time. So he's saying, well, let me try just the fried beans. Don't give me the refried beans. And of course, there, there aren't fried beans in the way that he's saying so you're supposed to find that funny I I find it funny I think it's funny but I don't watch a lot of Mitch Hedberg because there aren't that many clips available uh, because he he died quite young I believe from a drug overdose but he's very good at observing kind of little things like that that you didn't think about before this can also be called i think observational humor or observational comedy people observe comedians observing something that maybe you didn't think about before and you go oh yeah why is it called refried beans instead of just fried fried beans what is that
1: i went to a i went to a pizzeria i ordered a slice of pizza the dude gave me the smallest slice possible If the pizza was a pie chart for what people would do if they found a million dollars, this dude gave me the donate to
0: charity slice. That's a long one. If the pizza was a pie chart of what people would do with a million dollars, it would be the donated to charity slice. (laughs) So you have to kind of think through it, and then, okay, you can find the humor at the end. So the pizza, if you win a million dollars, what are you going to do with that? Buy a house, buy a car, invest, and there's going to be a tiny little piece like that Uh, that maybe you donate to charity. (laughs) He's saying that's the size of the slice of pizza he got. Okay, so that's observational. That's uh, a one-liners. Again, the one-liners are just these single isolated jokes where you make a statement and then a punchline. That's observational, right? And also he does word play uh, to, to sort of look at words from a unique standpoint. Okay, probably a more popular style of comedy stand-up comedy would be uh let's just call it not self-deprecating maybe a mix of observational comedy observational jokes that are not so formatted joke punchline joke punchline but are more like stories more personal more a more they feel more like telling a story and then inside of the story, you will find funny moments or funny jokes, right? And and that's probably the most popular type of stand-up comedy, more popular than the comedians who do uh, who do maybe impressions or prop comedy. Those are much smaller. So people like uh, Ricky Gervais, people like Louis C.K., people like Chris Rock, they do this sort of observational style which is a little more a little more story like so let's look at a little bit of louis C.K.'s stand up and i apologize for the quality of the video but this is just what i could find so let's just take a look at this
2: anything you can name your kid a name with no vowels if you want like... hey
0: let me go back it's a little quiet it's
2: just 40 f that's his name you name your kid anything you want What's amazing to me, you can name your kid anything you want. Isn't that incredible? There are no laws. There should be a couple of laws. None. You can literally name your kid anything. You can name your kid a name with no vowels if you want. Like King It's <laughs> Just 40f, That's his name. <laughs> <laughs> Go clean your room. I like to name my kid a whole phrase, you know, something like, ladies and gentlemen. That would be a cool name for a kid. This is my son, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Then when he gets out of hand, I get to go, ladies and gentlemen, please! (laughs) But you gotta be careful what you name your kid. You do have to be careful because what happens is other kids in school are gonna make fun of
0: them, they're gonna make fun of their name. And you don't have to give them a weird name because they can do it with any name. Kids are geniuses at that. So he's kind of tying it into experiences that we would actually have of maybe having a name that people make fun of. Uh, for example, my name is, my last name is Pretty, which sounds like pretty. So I used to get made fun of for being pretty. Pr- people would call me Pretty Boy uh, or names like that. And obviously the Luke Skywalker jokes were endless. Okay, so that's. That's, again, I want to say that's stand-up comedy, but it's much more than that. I think that's two sides of stand-up comedy, observational, story-like, and very sort of structured punchline joke. Okay, but then I think we get into what we could call improv. Now, improv could be stand-up comedy, but improv, short for improvisation, is a broader style, I think, of comedy, uh, that, that may be not even, uh, a, well, let's say it like this. Improv comedy could kind of take place anywhere. Maybe someone just being interviewed, that they're doing improvisational humor. When you see someone on a talk show and it's not the conversation is not planned, although I guess some of those are planned. Well, they're doing kind of improv comedy there unless they've planned a joke, right? So improv would be, nothing is planned, and they find in the moment the humor of the situation, right? And I'm going to give two examples that I think are good, one American and one British. The American one is an interview with two characters from a live show, and they're interviewed separately from the show, and the improv is really good. They come up with a lot of really funny stuff. And the other one is from a British quiz show. So quiz shows are popular style of show. is a popular type of show in the UK, and so the people who are guests on the show or part of the show are maybe panelists. They come up with funny things to say in the moment based on what's happening there, and they're not planning jokes ahead of time, so that would be what we could call improv uh, or improvisation, and I find that funnier because it's more reactive. It's just it's very quick, right? And so we say people who are really good at that are quick-witted, a, a wit, your wit. If you have a quick wit, that means you can think of things very quickly in the moment, come up with something, something funny. So let's let's take a look first at just a section of this one. This is an interview with uh, Nick Kroll and John Mulaney who play Gil Faison and George St. Geeglin in Oh Hello, which was a, pro- a play on Broadway. This is not part of Oh Hello, this is just an interview that John Oliver did with them. It's a time when there was bishead. John
3: Gin- Oliver, why don't you
4: do an investigation in why nitrates are uh, no good? Right.
2: You got to do something favorable, I think, on Amy's organic soups. These <laughs> really? are healthy soups that give you the most healthy and troubling warm farts.
0: Okay. And
2: yeah. <laughs> these are just C train ruiners. So- <laughs> <laughs>
4: You ever let you ever you ever a, a wet a C lentil train. soup fart go, going from 42nd Literally. to 34th, Jen Oliver? Does
3: anyone so, ever eat lentils
0: or chickpeas and go, these agree with me? Yeah.
4: <laughs> and there's some like 15-year-old Puerto Rican girl on the train sitting next to you being like, you are dying inside.
0: Sea <laughs> uh, Train Ruiners, they're talking about farts there, uh, if you didn't catch that. Uh, these two characters are sort of old-school New Yorkers in the play, and so they're actually younger guys. I think they're in their 30s, but they're playing older guys. And I probably watched this interview, the John Oliver interview, maybe five or six times, the whole the whole hour and 25 minutes, because I find it so funny. They're just so quick-witted and able to come up with stuff. The whole thing about the Amy Soups and how it makes you fart a lot and then... Uh, ruins, sea trains. That's something that you might come up with as a joke that you plan, but to be able to come up with something humorous like that in the moment, I find uh I find very funny. The other one is a British quiz show that I mentioned, and this is called Would I Lie to You? Also a great show. I like to watch this one too. It's really funny. The two main characters are the two main guys, they're always there every single week. And they're on opposite teams, the teams you have to come up with lies and explain them. So it's a very, it's, it's a funny show. I learn, I watch it because I want to learn about and understand British cultural references. Because I know I'm lacking in that area because I'm not from the UK. So to, to learn those things, to get a sense for those things, I, I watch British quiz shows quite a lot, actually. <laughs> this is my favorite one, What I Lie To, because it's really funny. And the guy in the middle is Lee Mack. He's probably the best at it. I would say.
3: Oh, possession. Right. There should be a box under your desk. Um, Would you first of all read the card out and then take the possession out and pop it on the desk? This is the set of keys I carry around with me every day. I know what every single one is for. Apart from one. (sighs) (laughs)
0: So he's never seen these keys before. He... uh, the part of the game is that you're given something and it might be true or it might be a lie in this case a, I think it's a lie but he has to come up with and explain what these keys are but he has no idea what they are so he has to make it up on the spot
3: okay. <laughs> back on the floor. <laughs> just take us through the, the set of keys Lee in your own time okay. please don't feel you have to it's rush not to say in his own time; it's, no. it's all of our time really yes. yeah. but, okay <laughs> So, now, I've got three keys that look very similar, so I have to put those little things on to, to, to give you the different yeah. colours. And these colours help me a lot, because that's for the blue door, that's for the green <laughs> door... And that's for the yellow <laughs> door. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> now, I'll never forget, because the blue door is blue, the yellow door is yellow, and the green one is my next-door neighbour, Shaking Stevens. Yeah. Uh... What lies behind those doors? So that's my front yeah. door key, yeah. This genuinely is a blue door, my okay. front door. Okay? OK. The green one genuinely is my next door neighbour's key, but it isn't Shaken yeah. Stevens. Yeah. I'm okay. not an idiot. It's Howard Jones. <laughs> and the yellow one... <laughs> the yellow one is um, the key for the door at the back yeah. of the house. <laughs> now, this, this one, that's, that's the, the, the key for the front door, the, the, the bottom lock. Uh, what do right. you call that? Bolt. Bolt. Yes, I wish I could.
0: Yeah. <laughs> 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 If you didn't catch that, that is a double meaning. Uh, he's saying the, do- the lock to the bolt. He's trying to think of the word. So bolt is that the big lock that you use, sort of the serious heavy lock that keeps the door shut and locked. But when she says bolt, he says, yes, I wish I could, because there's a double meaning of bolt. Bolt means to run away quickly. Because he ever, I think everyone knows he's lying, and he's just trying to come up with something in the moment. Uh, because he's never seen these keys before, and so he's he's kind of recognizing that by saying, "I wish I could run away right now because I don't want to be trying to <laughs> explain what these stupid keys are."
3: This this, yeah. this unusual-looking key—that's for the money chest. <laughs> money chest. money that, chest. That's for a small tin that we keep some some money in. That. Right. And and some things that we don't want the kids to see. <laughs> Why don't you want the kids to see money? And uh, what else do you things want the kids the, to I don't see. mind seeing the, the yeah. money. It's yeah. the other things I don't yeah. want what, to see. Like what? What, what the it? remains. <laughs> <laughs> so, OK, um, that's where you keep your money and the remains of uh, those who you've killed. <laughs> <laughs> then you've got PBU. That's that one there. What does PBU stand for? Uh, PBU on the keyring. Yes. It's the place for bins, you. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh... <laughs>
2: Just
3: like that! Yeah. (laughs) He couldn't have made that up. It's true. We've got one of those outside little shed things you're supposed to put the bins in to make it look tight. And my wife constantly comes out and says, there's a place for the bins, (laughs) you! And to help me remember, that's the key, I put PBU on the thing. So so you give yourself the job of remembering the night before the bin men are coming to go out, unlock these bins, every time you go to put some rubbish away, you unlock the bin. No. This is this. Because the shed that the bins are kept in doesn't have the lock. The gate leading to the shed. <laughs> the the What's gate... going in these bins? My wife is <laughs> things more of the bins than me. All
0: right. So that's the idea. Uh, I'd I'd like to watch more. It's because it's it's very funny. But uh, I find it funny. Uh, but so okay. So that's improvisation. Okay. Now we get. So we've talked about stand up. We've looked at two ex- only two examples of many great stand-up comedians. Uh, we've looked at improv humor, which is more for shows and interviews and things like that, usually. What about situational comedy? Well, have you ever heard the term sitcom? Did you know that sitcom is short for situational comedy? And these would be shows that are always on TV. Uh, Friends, Big Bang Theory, Seinfeld, Modern Family, these sorts of shows, okay? These are sitcoms. Now, they have a specific style, format, that 70s show, all of those. There are tons and tons of them. They're on all the time. They're always making them. I think because they're something that's easy to watch. they're very cheap to make because I think they are because they have you know one set, a house and not that many other things that they need to build so it's not that expensive maybe. Um, I think it's because I think it's because people just like to sit on the sofa and not think too much right Because with the I don't know Louis CK you might have to do a little more work to appreciate the humor. sitcom is very sort of obvious humor. I'll speak personally. I find most sitcoms not funny at all, 0% funny. Big Bang Theory is the least funny show I think I've ever seen. There's not a single, I've watched quite a bit of it because other people have made me, not a single funny thing has happened in that show, in my opinion, just my opinion. And I find the same thing for most sitcoms. So I'm, I don't like sitcoms <laughs> because it's too obvious It's too set up. The jokes are too forced. The humor style of sitcoms is kind of, it's kind of unique. It's just, here's the life situation and there are just little snarky, maybe sarcastic comments here and there. And those sarcastic comments are the things that are supposed to make you laugh. There are a few exceptions. For example, Seinfeld would be a great show, I think, that's close to a sitcom but actually funny it's a good show and i think it's because the characters are so um so individually very very interesting everybody has their own very well-defined characters sometimes friends can be funny but i've never laughed at big bang theory modern family maybe a couple times i've laughed but um anyway it's a really popular style and a couple of the characteristics that make it unique would be canned laughter or audience laughter. So the characters are in a living room and they're talking about something. And then you hear people laughing when someone makes a joke. Were are they, in the house? Yeah, they're actually in the house. So for some of them, they have a, a live studio audience. They sit in the sort of stands as an audience. And then the, the set of the house is set up so that it's, of course, kind of sliced in two. So you have the kitchen or the living room or whatever, and the cameras are pointing in, there's no other side of the house, the audience is there watching. Some of the shows, you have what is called canned laughter, where they don't even have the audience there, but they play the laughter track, recorded laughter, when somebody makes a funny remark. That's called canned laughter. Maybe shows like I Love Lucy, things like that, they didn't actually have a a studio audience there. Another, I don't know if it's a sitcom, but a show that I do really like that does have canned laughter is from the 1960s, and it's called Hogan's Heroes, and it's about a bunch of prisoners of war who are in, it doesn't sound funny, right? They're prisoners of war in a Nazi concentration camp in Germany during World War II. That sounds like the least funny thing you could imagine, but it's actually hilarious. Uh, It's canned laughter, so they're just playing the recording of the laughter, but the guards and the head of the camp, it's it's a very funny show, it's really good. So there are some, I, I think there are some good ones, they're just very rare and most of them are not particularly funny in my personal opinion. Now what about sketch comedy? What about things like Saturday Night Live? That is one type of a thing, and there are many of those shows, and some of them are live and some of them are not, but they're called, it's a sort of in the form of sketch comedy. Sketch comedy would be you have a whole show and individual sketches, right, within that whole show, and those individual sketches are don't really have any connection to each other in a sitcom you have stable characters for four years this person plays the same character the whole time and this is their character and then each episode is a different story different things happen and then the, the humor is sort of within that story for sketch comedy it's not like that at all for sketch comedy it's a whole show and individual people actors may be on that show but will play many different characters within the same night. So in one sketch they might be, and each one is called a sketch. In one sketch they might be a dentist, in another sketch they might be a politician. And often it is making fun of stuff, current day stuff. For example, Saturday Night Live, the whole thing is often political. They're making political jokes. They're making fun of people on the news or politicians or musicians. They usually have a famous guest on. It has a specific format. And it's kind of famous and popular because it has that specific format. It's been going on for so long, and there are some some really funny sketches. That's the thing, though. They're very hit and miss. So they, the cool thing is that they do it live, right? So all of the sketches are recorded live, and it's played live. So that's that's pretty cool. So if you, they mess up, they mess up. And sometimes they do, and that can be funny as well. But the, other th- the bad thing about it is that because it's live, it's very hit and missed. Some of the sketches are very funny and some of the sketches are not funny at all. And it depends on who the the special celebrity guest is as well. So I want to give you a few names that you can look up just if you're curious about sketch comedy and different ones that are popular. Some of these are American. Some of these are, again, British. So uh, Saturday Night Live would be probably the most famous not the one I would recommend highest, but the most famous. Then you have A Bit of Fry and Laurie, which is a British one from, I think, the 90s. Tim and Eric, Awesome Show, Great Job. That's not live. Same with A Bit of Fry and Laurie, not live. Uh, Tim and Eric, Awesome Show, Great Job is probably my favorite. It's very weird, though. That is the next style of humor we're going to talk about, which is Surreal humor, bizarre humor, okay? So Tim and Eric, uh, Monty Python's Flying Circus from the 1960s and maybe early 70s, I think 60s and 70s, uh, that is British. And then there's Kroll Show. Kroll Show is uh, a bunch of Nick Kroll and his a couple of friends playing many different characters, right? So it's a sketch show and his impressions are very good. Uh, Mitchell and Webb, also British show. And um, what's the other one? There was one I forgot to write down. But there's, yeah, there, there are a bunch of good ones. Those are a few. Now, I will show you one, but, you know, it's just one. This actually is from a British show from the 90s called A Bit of Fry and Laurie. And I don't know how long it ran, maybe a couple of years, but the sketches are uh, very funny, I think.
1: Gentlemen, I believe you both know the purpose of this meeting. Thank you, Mr. Tolleby, but the circumstances of our meeting are well known to us. There is no need of further explanation.
4: Hi, let us be about the business. The business!
1: Let us be about it. <laughs> Very well done. Let us be
4: in the business of going about the business.
1: <laughs> Very well then.
4: In hand.
0: I don't know if ah. you recognize that guy. A lot of people wouldn't recognize him at first.
4: Business! Let us be but about you, even it. Even Americans would <laughs> not recognize
0: him. So that, that guy right there, his name is Hugh Laurie, and he is the actor who plays House in the medical show called House but he has an American accent there. So is he American or British? He's actually British. And he just is really, really good at doing an American accent. So he's, a, he's British. And the house is funny, but very sarcastic. Um, this character is more goofy and not so sarcastic.
4: Just be in the business of going about the business.
0: Very well then.
4: In
1: hand. Aye.
0: The business
4: in
1: hand. So be it. So David. I understand the choice is yours. Sword or pistol? Sword? As you wish. It is the only weapon for a gentleman. Just so. That means, Mr Van Hoyle, that you have the pistol. <laughs> well, thank you, sir. Now, gentlemen, when you are both and ready, I shall drop No, 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 the... wait, 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 wait wait, a minute. Is there something wrong, Sir David?
4: Well, quick, man, the hour goes late. Well, it's, it's just that I sort of assumed, you know, when you said sword or pistol, uh, that we we both have the same one. Yeah. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm I'm not with you. Well, it's just that, uh, you know, I said sword, thinking that wouldn't mean we would both have a sword. <laughs> <Okay>.
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it, uh... The yes. thing is, I only brought one of each, unfortunately. Oh, shit. <laughs> I mean, it's not very make a no, 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 no,
4: no, no well, I, wonder, I wonder if there's anywhere we could get a sword. Yeah. Oh, uh, excuse me. You wouldn't happen to have a sword on you, would you? Oh, Twenty past seven.
0: <laughs>
1: Damn. We're stitched, don't we? How would it be if Mr. Van Hoyle were to take the pistol, but promise not to fire it? <laughs> I mean, ah, you mean use the pistol as if it were
4: a sword? Exactly. So it's me. Oh, hang on! <laughs> what is that? <laughs> Look! I mean it wouldn't cut anything, it's blunt! See? Nothing! <laughs> <laughs> it stings. Oh it stings? <laughs> yeah, <to> make st- <laughs> <stink? laughs> it makes not sting! Same it? as a sword. A crap <laughs> one about this No, you see no, no. What we need is something that we've got two of. Uh, I've got two brothers. No.
1: I'll tell you what. Ha! Ah, matches. What do you mean set fire to each other? Well it's better than nothing. Oh no, I've only got one left. Ooh. Oh piddle. Bear with me. I have one last idea up my sleeve. Well, a handkerchief? No, Sir David. Two handkerchiefs. <laughs> Are you proposing that we duel to the death with a pair of handkerchiefs? I realise it's not ideal, Mr Van Hall, but at least it would be fair. It would take forever. I have to be in town by eight o'clock at the, at the latest. Yeah, we haven't got anything else, though, you see. Oh, very well. I'd better be clean, that's all. Scrupulously clean, I assure you. Now, gentlemen, when you are both braced and ready, I shall drop the hank.
0: <laughs> so I think the punchline there is also that he doesn't have the handkerchiefs. I don't know. That one's kind of funny. I like the beginning where they just focus on the talking about what they're doing rather than doing it. Let us be about the business. Are oh, the business at hand. Yes, the business at hand. <laughs> this feels like they're delaying. Okay, the last one of these is what we could call surreal humor or absurd humor. Now, this could fit into different formats. It could, you could have sketch comedy or stand up comedy or whatever uh, that is surreal or a movie. Surreal is just uh, sort of, it, it pulls you outside of reality, and usually it is very bizarre right so bizarre humor might be not popular so usually sitcoms are not surreal or absurd usually they're fairly ordinary situations so much less usually much less popular but Monty Python who I had mentioned Monty Python's Flying Circus they were very surreal they have a lot of surreal humor if you watch their movies like Uh, uh, Monty Python's, uh, um, what is it? Quest for the Holy Grail? The Holy Grail? Why am I blanking on the name of that movie? Monty Python Holy Grail? Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Okay, not Quest for the Holy Grail. How could I forget that? How in the world could I forget? So, surreal humor is this sort of... um, It's just bizarre it's weird and it's funny because it's bizarre but it's not for everybody a famous scene from monty python and the holy grail would be when king arthur meets the black knight and they have to fight Uh, so let's watch a small clip of that and then one from that's i guess we could call sketch comedy that i'll show you as well
1: you fight with the strength of many men sir knight
4: I am Arthur, King of the Britons. I seek the finest and the bravest knights in the land to join me in my
1: court at Camelot.
0: So anyway, they start fighting.
1: (laughs) Now stand aside,
4: worthy adversary. Tis but a scratch. A scratch? (laughs) Your arm's off. No, it isn't. But well, what's that, then? I've heard worse. You liar. Come on, you pansy.
1: <laughs> Victory is mine. We thank thee, Lord, that in thy mind... <laughs> Come on, then. What? How
0: at you. Very weird. But that is a classic. If you haven't seen... That movie, or Monty Python's other movies, Life of Brian, the uh, Flying Circus is their sketch comedy show, which has a lot of sketches, and Life of Brian, and what's the other one? Uh, Monty Python. Oh, I'm blanking. I'm having a. I'm having a hard time remembering names today. My my head's a little fuzzy. Okay, the last one, which would be an American version. Of sort of surrealist, absurdist humor would be would be Check It Out with Dr. Steve Bruhl. And this show is connected to Tim and Eric Awesome Show Great Job, which I mentioned before, one of my favorite one of my favorite shows. It's very bizarre. It's very surreal. This show is styled in it's styled like a cable TV show that plays at three in the morning. It's styled like a very, very low quality show. That's intentional. They make it look like it was produced with very bad cameras, and it's 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 supposed to look like it has that look. But this is John C. Riley. This is a an Oscar winning actor <laughs> who's playing this character. So it's kind of a, a weird contradiction. And he doesn't talk about the character either. Uh, he won't talk about. St- steve brule the actor won't talk about steve brule but it is him and uh it's weird and the characters that they interact with usually they don't know that they're on a tv show they don't know that they're dealing with this crazy crazy man who is not really a doctor and he's kind of just very childish and and perhaps uh uh not particularly intelligent
4: church
2: Let's check it out. Let me just ask you straight, can I be a priest, please? It would be hard please. if you don't study. I have never sinned, can I be a priest? You never did anything wrong. Nope. You've never stolen anything. Hmm. Okay, that's good. Well, then you're right up there with Jesus, I guess. Slowly at the top. It can be. Most of us have done things that we regret later. I'm a priest too. If I could be, if I say I am. I don't need to be a priest, I'm a doctor. See you at church, Suckers. What do you do up here? What do I do up here? Well, we have a a sacred meal every Sunday. Do you serve mashed potatoes and gravy? Absolutely not. We serve bread and wine. What about uh, pork chops? Do you have those? No, I'm sorry. We just have ordinary, you know, sacramental things. Sounds like a boring supper. Okay, well, okie dokie. Can't win them all. No, I guess you can't. At least the priest let me be a church boy. Somebody has to light the dang candles. Praise be, God. Praise be, God. Genius, call me genius. <laughs> holy, holy, holy,
0: holy. <laughs> <laughs> what if you were sick? <laughs> Anyway, so that's Check It Out. Uh, Check it out, it's a good one. There are many others as well. So I know this is not complete, absolutely, but I just wanted to give you a general overview of some of the different styles of humor and how sort of the forms that they take in sketch comedy stand up, and, and this is by no means a complete sort of overview. Uh, uh, But I wanna just give you a sense for it because I think it's important to understand the the context of a lot of this and the, the maybe cultural background. If you have any questions about this though, feel free to let me know, check out some of those or none of them, whatever you like. And don't forget to hit the like button and subscribe. Okay. Now we i do want to get into puns and, and wordplay but before we do that uh, i want to see if i have missed any questions and also ask if you are interested in improving your english if you're working on speaking skills grammar skills writing skills email skills pronunciation skills you can check out my full courses in the links in the description. You can sign up for a monthly membership to get access to all of the courses for a month or a yearly membership to get access to all of the courses for a year. If you sign up for the yearly membership, you also get a one-on-one evaluation with me. I will give you an assessment and give you sort of an idea of where you are, your starting starting place, okay? a One-to-one sort of assessment. We can do it as a Skype call or a Zoom call or whatever. Uh let's see what else. Yeah, you can also pick up a free course in the first link in the description, Natural English Conversations. That course, which is a 1-hour course, is I think a good introduction to my English learning content. So feel free to check that out as well. Okay. Now, we're going to continue on this. We're not going to be talking so much about humor per se. But I wanna talk a little bit about, um, I wanna talk a little bit about puns and not to tell you that puns are supposed to be funny necessarily, but to, to show you how puns work because you will see them in things like marketing and you will see them around. You will hear them in dad jokes. You, you, you hear them, you see them, right? So first of all, I think we can define what is a pun? What is a pun? I guess we could say that a pun, a pun is a kind of joke or statement that is based on a double meaning, right? And it's usually something that people, when they hear it, they don't laugh out loud, but they will kind of roll their eyes, right? We don't like to admit that puns are ha-ha funny. So instead we say that puns can be a little bit cringe. But we have to admit that maybe sometimes they're clever. So there's some cleverness in puns because puns are based on usually some kind of double meaning of a word, right? So there's some cleverness there. But then typically because they make us cringe we may roll our eyes and say, okay, another pun. My grandfather is the master of puns. His puns are funny because they're not funny. He makes these puns and he knows that they're not hilarious in sort of the traditional sense, but he knows that. And so he says it knowing that, and which is funny. So puns can become funny almost because they're not funny. So you get the appreciation of the cleverness, but then also a sort of meta humor based on the knowing that the person who said it knows that it's not funny and they decided to say it anyway <laughs> I think that's how it works anyway he's a master of, of puns. Let's just look at a couple of examples and then I want to talk about how this links to other things that we see out there and how even big companies will use puns in their marketing and in their uh, in the copy for their products okay so, this is Reader's Digest, a pretty famous uh, publication, and this they have this whole giant list of puns, and you can see the categories here. We've got puns, we've got coffee jokes, cute puns, doctor jokes, Easter jokes, family jokes, Kids jokes, marriage jokes, mom's jokes, old age jokes, bad joke, bad puns, cat puns, corny jokes, daily life jokes, dog puns, food jokes, funny stories, knock knock jokes, math jokes, money jokes, one-liners, blah 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 blah. They have a bunch of them. Knock knock jokes may be a different category we can talk about another time. But let's just let's just focus on puns. And I do want to check out what what the heck a bad pun is, because I think I'm pretty sure all puns are bad. Let's see what examples they provide here. Okay. Question: What happened to the guy who sued, who sued over his missing luggage? He lost his case., uh, so bad. It's so bad. So a case is, uh, do I have to explain this? The legal case is is what you have uh, and you could win or lose if you're being sued or you're suing someone, you have a case and then if you win, you win your case. That is a legal thing that happens, but then also you have another meaning of the word case, which is like a suitcase, right, or your luggage my, my, my suitcase that I have my stuff in. So the double meaning is there. What, what happened to the guy who sued over his missing luggage? He lost his case. He lost his case because his luggage is missing. So he, it's just another way to say her luggage is missing, or it could be ha 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 about the legal case. Okay. Not funny at all. How did you get hit on the head with a book? Says Hal, Hal a sal. I only have my shelf to blame. Oh, that's so bad. Oh my God. So that one's based on the slight difference between self and shelf, meaning that it's because of the shelf, but my shelf sounds like myself. It makes my, it gives me a headache. It hurts my brain, These, how bad these puns are. Uh, what did one blade of grass say to another about the lack of rain? Answer, I guess we'll have to make do. Oh, uh. Okay, so do, D-E-W is the sort of water that you get on the ground in the morning, but make do means to we'll just figure out what we can do with what based on what we have, right? I guess we'll just make do if something bad happens, right? It's a drought, so we'll just have to make do but the double meaning is make do means make water on the grass. That will mean that we won't have, or we won't have the negative effects of the lack of rain. Anyway, so those are some three, some three. Those are three puns. And the <laughs> here's what I want to know. If these are puns and these are this bad, that's kind of the charm of puns, right? Is that you read those and you just roll your eyes and think, oh my God, so stupid, right? But you have to admit, okay, there's a clever little word game in there. We call, call that word play, right? This word play is kind of interesting at least, but we roll our eyes and sometimes that makes it again funny, but it's again usually funny because of who says it. That's why often these puns are called dad jokes. So it's funny that dads, flipping burgers on the barbecue are saying these jokes because we we know that maybe they think they're being funny and because they think they're being funny with these dad jokes that's not funny but because they think they're being funny that's funny right that's why dad jokes are funny okay what about bad bad puns groan out loud with these bad jokes i thought the last ones were Corny pirate humor, Uh, let's see, Way with words. Don't interrupt someone working intently on a puzzle. Chances are you'll hear some cross words. Uh, Okay, yeah, that's pretty bad. Cross words, if it were two words, cross means angry. And so cross words would be, if you interrupt them, they will be angry with you, they'll be cross. And the words that they say will be cross words. Uh, And... uh, crossword, a crossword puzzle is a puzzle with words that you would play six down four over like that. I'm a big fan of whiteboards. I find them quite remarkable. That's a that's a terrible one. Remarkable means amazing, right? Um, In a positive way. Oh, that's remarkable. But the pun here would be because it's a whiteboard, you can wipe it and you can re-mark on it. it. Means you can write again on it so it's remarkable. So that's the double meaning of that one. Again, none of these are particularly funny. What I want to though do is look at a usage of this in sort of the commercial world. So one thing that you'll see in the news news headlines in particular and websites of companies for products you'll see a lot of puns which is interesting and it's not that the puns are supposed to be funny I think the purpose of the puns is to catch your attention it is to make you stop maybe scrolling and think for a second maybe I actually need this I think it's more to just catch your attention and because it's kind of clever, it's used in that way rather than to try to be funny, okay? So let's go to apple.com. I want to show you an example on apple.com. Let's go over to their website. Apple loves using puns on their website for their copy. And again, I I think it's just because they um They want to get your attention with something simple that's a twist or a play on words that you maybe didn't expect to get you to stop and think for a second. And I think that's what they're trying to do, but they do it a lot. Okay, so here's one, a perfect one. The MacBook Air, uh, 1199, don't take it lightly. So that's a play on words. To take something lightly means uh, you don't take it seriously, right? If you don't take it lightly, then you do take it seriously, right? Don't take this lightly, be serious about this. So they're saying, stop, we want you to be serious about this. But it's a play on words because the other meaning of light is that these new uh, MacBook Airs are very thin and light. So there's the double meaning the light of the MacBook Pro, how light it is, that it's not heavy. And then the be serious about this thing that's meant to be kind of a a bit of a joke, okay? Let's see what else we can find here. I think there's another one that I, that I saw. Okay, here's another one. They have this feature, a film, uh, in connection with Skywalker Sound, because I think they use Max for something I can't remember. Uh, I don't know why they're featuring it, but anyway, hear the force. So this is to tell you that it's about sound, so you can learn what it's about. But it's a play on words because the 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 famous line from Star Wars is "Feel the force, feel the force." But because this is a documentary about the audio of Star Wars, Skywalker sound, then they want you to sort of realize that very quickly. I think that's another thing that puns can do is they, they might make you get the point of something very quickly without having to give you a long description. Instead of writing a paragraph, this is a documentary about Skywalker sound, blah 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 blah. Hear the force. Oh okay. Well the only reason to write that would be that it is that a documentary about Skywalker sound. So that that would be another, I think Advantage. I think there's one more here under the watches. A healthy leap ahead. So the Apple Watch Series Eight, a healthy leap ahead. Only three hundred ninety-nine dollars. By the way, I think that's a pretty good price. That's that's relatively inexpensive. Did they lower the prices? Wow. So two meanings of leap ahead. One meaning of leap ahead would be that. Uh, the technology is advancing. This is a major leap ahead in technology. This is a gigantic leap ahead. This is what was there before, the old technology, and we've taken it to the next level. We have leaped ahead. So that's one meaning. So it suggests the, the how good the tech is, right? But also, because it's an Apple Watch, it's focused on health it's focused on fitness on movement right so a leap ahead there would be to tell you that this is not just technologically it's not just high tech it's not just advanced it's also something that you can use to be more active to actually leap ahead physically which would be to jump maybe forward so it gives you a feeling of the physical movement it gives you a feeling of jumping it gives you a feeling of being active so it has again that Double meaning. And Apple has been doing this for many years. This is kind of their thing. This is kind of Apple's thing. Although a lot of companies honestly use these puns. Another place you will see this is in news headlines. Uh, uh, I don't have any prepared for to show you now because I just wanted to show you this simple example. But you will see a lot of big headlines of newspapers using puns. And again, I think it's to grab your attention which is pretty interesting if you think about it so puns useful for dad jokes cringe eye rolling maybe funny maybe not probably not but also out there in marketing out there in emails out there on one of the largest company in the world one of their on their main website right so that's pretty interesting Pay attention to puns, see where you see those double meanings. I think you'll start to see more meaning when you do that. Look out for those double meanings. If you have any questions, let me know. If you haven't already done so, don't forget to hit the like button and subscribe. Also, check out my full courses in the links in the description. Okay. All right. So that's puns. If anyone has any puns you'd like to share, let me know. Just wanted to share a tip about the glottal tea. It says, Chama it's like you want to swallow your tea and it stays stuck in your throat and you want to spit it out by tightening your throat. Hit. yeah, maybe, okay. if that If that works for you, sure. I'm cool with that. I'm comfortable with that. All right, we got one more thing to talk about. We've talked about, so far, humor styles, puns, and I do want to get into a phrasal verb and answer any questions you may have, but first, a quick coffee break, if you don't mind. Very important for me to have coffee. The weather is getting colder. I have been going out in the evening to do some viewing through the telescope and it has been really interesting. I mean, the stuff that is in the sky, it's out there every night, right? It's always there, but you don't, because it's so small and you're not really paying attention to it, right? But when I got a telescope, I started to. It suddenly made me realize that when things are there and when they're not there. For example, when I first got it, the moon was in a phase where it's not visible for about a week. And I didn't. I never really processed, oh, the moon is not there until I wanted to look at the moon. And then I wanted to look at the moon, and the moon was not there. So that made me sort of uh, be curious about about the patterns. Be curious about the cycles, the phases of the moon. Why is it there? Why is it not there? What are the different phases? Waxing and waning, gibbous and crescent, all of that stuff. It's it's really interesting to learn about, but also because you can actually look at it up close and see it. So recently, now that the moon is back, I've been looking at, well, I had been looking at planets like Jupiter. You can see the coloration, the 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 lines on Jupiter, which are the Uh, Coriolis uh, 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 winds pushing the atmosphere in opposite directions and also the big the great spot on Jupiter the big red spot you can see it through a telescope which is really interesting the other thing that's crazy is how fast they move you don't think about it moving but when you're looking at it through a small viewfinder it's actually moving pretty quickly and you have to track it across the sky it's the earth that's moving but well they're all moving, but the earth is the thing making it move across the sky more quickly. And that's, um, it's, it's I don't know. I never really thought about it much or focused on it before. So that's kind of, kind of cool. Um, I've been doing that recently. I took some videos and of the moon. I think, I think it's pretty interesting to do. You can see on the, uh, if you go to the, the discord um, on the discord, I posted a couple of videos of the moon. You can see on the line between the lo- the bright part and the shadow where the moon is dark for a crescent moon if you look at, if you look at that line it's v- it's very interesting because you have it's not a straight line you have a lot of jagged features because there are mountains and cliffs and ridges and valleys that are pulling the sunlight or blocking the sunlight right so you might have one part where the sunlight goes in further because it's in a valley on the moon, or maybe a cliff blocking it. So it's quite jagged for that reason because, uh, well, it's it's a very desolate place, right? And so it's a lot of sharp lines. It's not very fuzzy. You don't have trees and plants and things like that making it kind of very uh, a smooth line. You have these hard features cliffs and valleys and mountains. And that's because the, the moon is desolate. And it's, it's really interesting. I'm learning a lot. I don't know much, but I'm learning a lot. It's very cool. Oscar, hello, welcome. <clears throat> so we're going to get to our phrasal verb and, um, and then we will, uh, then I'll, ha- I'll answer any questions you may have, okay? let's hop over there, over here. Great. I might need this as well. So let me turn this on just in case I actually need it. Hello? Turn on, please. Okay, there we go. Hooray. Sorry for the silence. You've probably heard the phrasal verb "get away." What's the first meaning that comes to mind when you hear it? It might be one of several. We're going to talk about what it means or rather its different meanings how it can be used, of course, with examples. And then hopefully at the end, you'll know enough to be able to make your own examples. That will be the challenge I will give to you at the end. Okay, so getaway. Two words, get and away, which can be written as one in noun form, getaway, or perhaps as an adjective. You can say a getaway or, for example, a getaway car. Okay, now we don't really have necessarily a basic meaning here, like we do with some phrasal verbs, I think here we just have different meanings and uses, and I've grouped them really into three parts. And the first one we're going to talk about is similar to leave, okay? So we're going to read through the examples and then make sure we understand the sort of nuances for how this works. Okay. I can't handle all this stress. I need to get away for a few weeks. We had a nice weekend getaway for my birthday. It was relaxing. I had to get away from the party for a few minutes to call you back. Okay, now we're using the first two in a similar way and the third one a little bit differently. I can't handle all this stress. I need to get away. Okay, so what is getaway? Is it from work that I need to get away from? Not necessarily, it may be that this is my normal routine. I'm just gonna make normal routine as a circle, going to work, coming home, watching TV, making dinner, whatever you do normally, okay. From that situation, I need an escape, I need a break. So this is similar to saying an escape, not like a dangerous situation, but just to escape a current situation or a break. You're exhausted, you're tired, you're stressed, you're frazzled, you want to exit this for a little while. It's not that you want to leave forever, but maybe take a two week vacation, go to a resort, hang out by the beach, and then come back and then everything will be better. Okay, well that's pretty normal. I need to get away for a few weeks is often what we say when we talk about wanting to take a vacation because we feel burdened, stressed, uh, or pressured by work, Uh, or we're just burnt out on what we've been doing, burnt out on the routine. And when we do that thing, we might call it a getaway. So a getaway, a getaway as a noun here, a getaway as a noun is the thing that we do. Often, though, getaway, a getaway, a weekend getaway, is used for something small like a weekend. If we had a getaway and it's three weeks long, maybe not. It might be more common there to say a vacation, right? It would be okay. It's fine. But I think it's more often used for something very short, very quick, and usually something fun, relaxing. We wouldn't use business trip for getaway. We wouldn't say, oh, yeah, I had a business getaway. Probably not, unless the purpose of that is with your team relaxing. Maybe it's uh, an offsite and you wanna team build, right? And you wanna hang out with your team, drink mojitos and maybe talk a little bit of business. That might be a work getaway. But usually we're talking about relaxation, having fun, okay? It was relaxing. What was relaxing? Getaway. So let's call that something like a little trip. A little trip. Okay, I had to get away from the party for a few minutes to call you back. I'm at a party. I see someone calls, but the music, do, doo do, do, it's very loud, and uh, people are talking to me, people are walking up to me and having conversations, so I need to leave, maybe go out to the street where it's quiet, and then call you back. This is not the same as escaping necessarily or taking a break. It's that I just have to go away for a short period of time from an obligation or something that I am engaged in, in order to do something else, right? I'm, I'm doing this thing. I'm at the party. I'm obligated to be here. I'm engaged in being here, but then I have to say, okay, hold on, take a quick break, leave for a few minutes, make a phone call and then come back. So there, getting away would be maybe people not noticing me or maybe uh, escaping from my social obligations, people talking to me. Do you think we could get away for a few minutes to just buy some snacks? I don't like any of the food here. Let's see if we can get away for a few minutes. So that feels very different than using it to talk about a vacation, even though the ultimate meaning is similar in the sense of leaving what you're currently doing. Okay. Now, how about perhaps the meaning that you thought about first when I asked you the question, what comes to mind when you think or hear of getaway? Get away from, oh, get away from those loose wires. It could be dangerous. We should probably get away from the construction area. Why do I have from here to What happened? Maybe some weird autocorrect thing going on here? That's bizarre, okay. Let me actually, let me fix that quickly. That's it's very strange that it's twice in a row. What happened there? Very strange. Okay, get away from those loose wires. It could be dangerous, okay. We should probably get away from the construction area. Get away, I'm trying to concentrate, okay. So these three, what's the feeling we get? Well, if there's some loose wires and your kids are over there messing around, We want to urgently tell them to stop doing that because we worry about their safety. We worry that if they keep playing around near those loose wires that they could be electrocuted. And so it's an urgent thing that we need to say, hey, get away from there. So when you see someone in that kind of situation, it's a get away from there sort of thing and it is very urgent. Now maybe you're angry, maybe not, maybe this is just a life or death situation and you want to tell them hurry up and get away from there for their own safety, not that you're angry, but just that it is very very urgent. So again, you could express your your anger at this situation or not, okay? Now what about this one? We should probably get away from the construction area. So here's an area where Dangerous things could happen, things could fall, right? You could, you're not wearing a hard hat so something could hit you in the head and kill you, yes. But it may not be as urgent as uh, the case of the loose wires. Right? The loose wires, kids playing, urgent, life, death, stop immediately, right now. Yell because it's so urgent. Maybe we're just walking through an area and we see that we're inside the fence of the construction area because that's where we had to walk. And then, this happens a lot in New York City, by the way, sometimes you just realize, oh crap, I'm in the middle of a construction area. And you see that dangerous things could happen and you're not really prepared to handle those dangerous things. So you make a suggestion to whomever you're with, hey, we should probably get away from the construction area. There's less urgency for this one. This is more like a just um, move from this place. And we should do it now, yes, but it's not a "Ah!" sort of situation. You can use it for the "Ah!" sort of situation, but you can also use it much more casually with much less urgency. And I think this would be a good example of that. Now, what about frustration? What about when we feel very annoyed? Annoyed by something, angry. People keep pestering me, people keep bothering me, I'm trying to concentrate. People keep sending me things and asking me to do things. I need you to do this, get away. If people are physically around you, right, I'm not recommending you do this, this is quite rude, but let's say it's people you know well, okay? Usually we can be rude to people we know well, at least that's my policy. (laughs) So you're really annoyed and you can't take it anymore and you just say, get away, get away from me now. I'm trying to concentrate. Now you could say that more gently, you could say, could you please uh, give me some space? That would be a casual way to say it please give me, give me some space. And that would be totally fine. Give me a bit of space, please. I need some space. That would be a polite way to ask. But if you have this sense of rage, frustration, anger about not having space and people keep bothering you, bothering you, get away would be a way to express that. Again, I'm not recommending that you express it that way. All I'm saying is people do people say that when they're angry or frustrated and you'll hear that, right? Get away from me as well, right? Maybe, maybe a salesperson comes up to you on the street and you say no, but then they keep following you and then you say no again. Maybe you're polite the first time, neutral the second time, and finally they walk up to you and they put their hand on your shoulder. Okay, that's bad. Don't do that. Get away from me. There I think that you would have the a um, good reason to say get away because they have violated your personal space after being told no two times already. Get the hell away from me. Again, rude, yes, but maybe to counter something rude that happened to you. Okay. Now a very common usage for getaway. We were chasing the car that did the hit and run, but it got away. You don't often hear about bank robbers and getaway drivers anymore. You can easily get away with shoplifting. I wonder if I could get away with skipping my meetings and just, uh, and just lay in bed all day. This should be lay in bed all day. What is up with, what is up with my examples to be? What is up with my examples today? Mm, I'm having an off day, I suppose. Uh, Sorry about that, guys. I wonder if I could get away with skipping my meetings and just lay in bed all day. Get away with there, Hmm, okay. He's so spoiled he could probably get away with murder. All right, so what is going on with these? It's, it's using this same thing in the same way, but different severity in different situations. We were chasing the car that did the hit and run. Okay, so a car hit another car and drove away, and I decided to chase it so that I can see the license plate number and write that down. But before I could see it, the car drove very quickly. I couldn't catch up. It went through a green light. I had to stop at the red light. It got away. That means it avoided responsibility. It avoided being caught. It avoided consequences, right? If you avoid consequences legally or you avoid consequences in some other way, you get away from whoever is trying to catch you. And Often, if you just talk about that thing itself, we would say just get away with it. But different levels of severity, because that could be a legal consequence. Someone commits a crime, like a hit and run, and they get away from me so I can't see them, but then they also get away with it, and the it is the hit and run. Okay, so that's a legal thing, but then you could use the same phrase to talk about parents and their kids. right. A kid is not supposed to do something. They do something. Maybe go out late at night. It was their bedtime. Teenagers going out with friends didn't get caught in the morning. I got away with it. That means I didn't get caught breaking the rules that I was supposed to follow. So I succeeded in doing a bad thing. So I got away with it. Okay. So that's how we would use it for that. You don't hear about bank robbers and getaway drivers anymore. So here, getaway, again, using it as an adjective, notice that it is one word, G-E-T-A-W-A-Y. Getaway, getaway driver. What is a getaway driver? The driver that helps you get away. Back in the 1970s and 80s, you'd see those TV shows 30s 40s 50s 60s 70s the bank robbers run out of the bank with the bags of money (laughs) they get in the car and the driver who's a really good driver helps them get away from the scene of the crime and hopefully get away with it if we are rooting for them as the heroes even though they're anti-heroes because they're criminals they got away with it and the driver who was in the car is their getaway driver You don't hear about that often anymore. I don't know if it's that people are not robbing banks anymore or if they're just doing it in a different way. I have no idea. I haven't robbed a bank in years. You can easily get away with shoplifting. So this is a common thing in America now. It seems like you could just go into a shop and take something and walk out. And for larger shops like CVS or something, they just won't stop you. And in fact, I think in some cities they have policies where they're not allowed to stop you and you can just walk out with stuff. So that's shoplifting, it's illegal, but it's very easy to get away with it, meaning that no one is going to stop you and there's not a lot of security and no one really cares anymore, perhaps. Okay, I wonder if I could get away with skipping my meetings. So what is this get away with skipping my meetings? Is it illegal to do that? Is it against some rules? Well, no, but I am supposed to attend the meetings. I'm supposed to be there. And if I get away with not doing that, and I lay in bed all day, that means that I can avoid it without negative consequences, right? So, You could even say that about your run. You were supposed to go on a run today. You were supposed to go to the gym today. I think I could get away with not going to the gym for one day. I think I could get away with having one slice of pizza. I think I could get away with uh, maybe skipping the gym. So get away with that means you're avoiding some consequences that you hoped or you hope don't happen. So getting away with having a slice of pizza would be able to eat that slice of pizza without... Gaining weight perhaps or noticeably noticeably gaining weight or getting away with skipping a day at the gym means because you work out so much every other day, it's not going to be very noticeable or a big deal if you miss one of the days at the gym, right? So you can use it for that sort of personal commitment to yourself. As well. It's very flexible. It's, it's very useful in this sort of situation. He's so spoiled he could probably get away with murder. Now this is an exaggeration but it is a pretty common expression to say someone could get away with murder when you want to emphasize how free someone has it or how little the people responsible for that person care or how much people love this person. Uh, and so they're willing to forgive anything. If you want to emphasize that, we often say he could get away or she could get away with murder. That could be parents who spoil their child, whatever you want, we will never punish you, you can have anything. So we say he doesn't have any negative consequences if he does the wrong thing. They don't enforce it, so he could get away with murder. But you could also say that with adoring fans of someone they love him so much they would never criticize him even if he did something wrong they wouldn't be angry about it he could get away with murder it's just a common expression specifically could probably or could get away with murder to mean whoever would hold this person responsible would not do that if this person did do something not good not necessarily murder but that's the most extreme example so that's why it's used so those are the most common ways to use get away get away with those three what i'd like you to do is try to make several examples on your own you can send those to me in the comments or if you like you can put them in the community discord under the sub- the challenge submissions okay So if you haven't joined the Discord already, you can find that in the links in the description. That is free, a community that we're just starting to build. So feel free to join and post your examples in that section of the Discord, in that channel, or again, you can put them in the comments. If you haven't already done so, don't forget to hit the like button and subscribe. And of course, check out my courses in the links in the description. If you like, you can start with a free one, which is the first link in the description, Natural English Conversations. Okay, Um, we've got some questions here. Bro, you wrote before, I had to get away from that party. Can it be used as, I had to get away from that party instead? I had to get away, I had to get away from that party. I had to get away from that party. I had to get away from, aren't those two things the same? Aren't you asking me the same? I'm looking at both of them. I had to get away from that party. I had to got, oh, god, you have got there. I'm sorry, I missed that. No, it should be get, to get, infinitive form, get not got. Uh, if you're talking about it in the past tense, you would say I got away from the party, but then you wouldn't be able to use had or to. Luke, I'm currently learning English. I don't know why you put it in quotes there, but I'm not going to... Hold on. Better not mow my yard. I don't want them to mow my yard. Some people's outside. Some The, the mowing guy is here, but he's mowing my neighbor's yard, not mine. Good. I don't want him to. Um, I'm learning, eng- learning quote-unquote, learning English, but I'm not going to need it for a while, so I'm just consuming English content every day instead of studying quotes heavily. Do you find any problem with that? I absolutely don't. I have no problems with that. Nuh-uh. I think that's a pretty good strategy. Maybe just keep doing that. Hey, Luke, any difference between by time and by the time? Do you have have the same pronunciation? Ah, that's a good question. Hmm... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. HJK6. Hi, Luke. Any difference in meaning between by time and bide time? Do they have the same pronunciation? They have the same pronunciation, 100%. Wait, did I just say that? What is wrong with me today? They don't have the same pronunciation. (laughs) A little voice in my head went, yes, they do. And then a big voice in my head that's been teaching English for years went, what are you saying? I need need medication to control these voices. Right. They don't have the same pronunciation. By time and by time. Very slightly different. By time. By time. By time. By time time by time so there's a n- 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 between the the by and the time when it's by d-. but don't say by d, d- by the d- by the d- time no by by d- you're holding it there in the d position right by time by time that feels more open so it's a slight difference yes okay what about the meaning of these two To buy time is usually to do something to delay someone else so that someone else can do something that they need to do. I'll buy you some time, okay. So maybe you're trying to, uh, maybe, maybe you're getting ready for an event, right? But you're, you're, you're late because you can't find your shirt or something. And people are saying, hey, hey, we need to go. We need to leave a group of people. But you're still getting dressed. You need five more minutes. Everyone's furious. So I say, okay, I'll buy you some time. I'll buy you some time. And you go in and you distract people. You uh, start dancing or something like that. Hey, everybody, look at me juggling. No, you probably would do something, ask them a question, give them something to do that they have to finish while the other person is still getting dressed, right? You buy them some time. I think I could buy myself some time. Again, buying yourself some time would be uh, you have a deadline at work. It's Thursday at 6 p.m. You know you're not going to finish it. But then you say, in order to finish it, I need you to give me Uh, uh, rules A, B, and C or maybe the three guidelines that I need and I can't finish it until you give me that. So now I have put part of my responsibility of finishing this on time onto you and until you give me this thing, I can't finish mine. So you can't come to me and say, hey, you didn't finish because I told you yesterday that you have to give me these three things that I need in order to finish and you haven't given me those things yet. So I bought myself some time. Not necessarily a great strategy always, but that's what that might be. Different kinds of situations could be like that. What about bide the time? This is simply to be patient and wait, right? You don't want to rush into a situation. You don't want to rush into uh, maybe responding to something. You don't want to rush into reacting to something. You're just biding your time. I'm just biding my time. Meaning I'm waiting and being patient because I know what the final result is going to be or I'm waiting for the perfect time. An investor might say that, right? Yeah, I know Bitcoin is down but I'm biding my time and I'm going to maybe put in another million dollars right before I think it's going to go up. I know it's flat right now, but it will go up. So biding your time is this sort of thing. Maybe responding to someone, I'm biding my time because I think they're going to think about it and then actually apologize to me. And once they apologize to me, which I think they will do, that's why I'm being patient and silent now, then I will say, what I think. Then I'm going to express how I really feel, right? So that's generally how it works. That's the difference between buy time and bide time. Buy time is to give yourself more time, and bide time is to be very patient and wait for some kind of thing to happen or some result. And again, the pronunciation is slightly different. Okay, is this live stream will be downloaded on YouTube? Well, um, you can, uh, yeah, it will be available on YouTube. That's right. So if you missed the first part, in the first part we were talking about uh, humor and we went over some different styles and forms of humor. So feel free to go back to the beginning and watch that if you missed it and you're watching live. To those who are watching the replay, hey, welcome. Great to have you if you want to watch these live We do them every Wednesday and Friday. Wednesday's a little more in depth on specific learning topics. Friday usually a little more relaxed and recently also Saturday morning with myself and Mushroom and we're gonna be doing that tomorrow. So stay tuned for Saturday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Join for that on YouTube or Facebook if you want to be here live. Otherwise, if you want, if you enjoy just listening, make sure to not only listen on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever, but show support where you can. If you're watching on YouTube or Facebook, like button would be most appreciated. Of course, you can check out the free course, Natural English English Conversations in the links in the description. You can join the Discord community which is free. If I didn't get to your question, I apologize, but I will be able to answer those hopefully next Wednesday, which is when we will be back. So I hope you can join for that. A lot of things planned for then. In the meantime, I hope you have a fantastic weekend. I hope you have some fun. I hope you have some interesting things planned. And the last thing I think is, well, Just check out the courses. I've got a writing course coming out very soon. So look out for that. Have a safe weekend. Take care. Bye-bye.